We take Syracuse from the corrupt, the rich, the oppressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity, and we give it back to you, the orange men. Syracuse is yours. None shall interfere. Do as you please. Start by storming MetLife Stadium and free the oppressed. Step forward, those who would serve, for the TSEC army will be raised. Download the two Sorry Excuses podcast today, or be ripped from your decadent nests and cast out into the cold world that we know and endure. Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your old buddy Liv. And for keeping score at home, this is episode number 40, the middle-aged edition. Big 4-0, man. We did it. We made it. Yeah, that's crazy. Podcasting middle age. Yep. Our podcast is going to go buy a little red sports car now. Uh, it's a special uh, Wednesday afternoon homeowners edition affair. Yeah. Yeah, with all the joys of homeownership. How's uh, how's everything going in Casa de Livacari? Uh, it's all right. I mean, there's about uh, two pieces of furniture technically in there. One, I guess, technically one real piece of furniture. Uh, does that count? Uh, your uh, fancy you might be gay or you might not be gay antique dining room set? Uh, that includes the table, yes. It's uh. just the table, not even the chairs. <laughs> which, what's uh, passing for chairs right now are those uh, fold-up camp chairs, you know? Okay. All right. Have you had um, – are you in? Like what? what no, what? no I'm, I'm so far – like I, I just don't have time, man. I I did buy a washer and dryer tonight, which will be delivered on Tuesday, which I will then have to hook up. Okay. Um, Does it have the hookups, like, in a convenient spot? Yeah, yeah, they're in a convenient spot. I measured the, it's a little like, you know, you open a little closet, you know? Okay. With the hookups in them, I measured everything, so it should fit, but you never know with that BS. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I um, I had done the same thing. We had to buy uh, new stoves, new refrigerators, and yeah. we measured them out. We actually had the guy come out and measure them, uh, ordered the right units. But when they came, they just don't—they don't ever fit right. Yeah, I've already been planning for that—that that scenario. Like, uh, see the clock—it's two big doors, you know. 
and I want to I want to be able to stack the washer dryer so I can conserve room since the place isn't you know the place isn't huge you know yep so I need every little bit of closet space I can get so I measured the height of the doorway and everything you know and and I even asked for a tape measure when I was at the store because they had the exact unit I want stacked on each other you know I was like, all right, this appears to be lower than the doorway, so that's fine. And then um, I measured at the shortest spot between the door being closed in the closet, you know? And, you know, the shortest possible How did you, spaces. Did, did you get in the closet? Yeah, well, because it's two big doors, you know? So it's plain, you can close one door. Okay, all right. And still be in there. Where you know? is it? Off of the kitchen or off of the... Off the... of, like, the, the living area, you know? Okay. I mean, the kitchen's the kitchen. Then there's the living area, which is going to be the dining room slash TV room, you know? Okay. Like, it's an open, open area, Got you it. know? Got it. Got it. Uh, I mean, it's only 1,100 square feet, so it's uh, so that's the way it is. It's going to be, like, right near the table, you know? But um, but then I was thinking tonight, I'm like, well, what about the the uh, exhaust for the, the vent for the dryer? Does right. that take that into account, you know? Like, right, right. Is the floor level. Is that going to take into account, you know? Yep. So, so that's the uh, question I'm dealing with there. But the thing is that it sh- the dryer goes on top if you stack it. And further up you go, the more room there is between the door and the wall in there. You know, because there's shelving in there. Yep. You know, it's got, you know, they, it, uh, it's got like uh, molding or whatever that comes out. So I, I think either way, I have a hard time believing I'm the first person that has this issue. So they do it somehow. Right, right, right. So yeah, somehow they're manipulated in there. What you got those um like those front loading stackable washer dryers? Yeah, yeah. I was like, even if I end up not stacking it, I'd like to have the option. Right. And they were trying to get me to buy all the stuff. You know, I was at, I was at the at Best Buy. You know. Okay. Uh, because they had the best financing deal. You can do free delivery and interest-free for 18 months, which is way better than anybody else. Right. You know, I'm like, I can just take it easy on that. You know, when you're buying a house, there's so much shit you got to spend money on. You might as well find your, your breaks where you can, you know? Yep, yep. Um, but, but I had already researched it, you know, like when they tell you. Because I looked on the computer and I was thinking about just buying on there. But I ended up going in. And the same stuff that they said on the computer was like a hundred dollars more. They were selling it uh, for obviously a hundred dollars less uh, a piece, <laughs> you know. So I just said, "Screw it! I'm buying it here, buying it now," you know. Right. I'll have them ship it out. But I already researched like all the stuff they say that you know, all the stuff you need to hook it up, and I and I ran price checks elsewhere, and I was like, "Oh, I can save money on that crap," you know. Like, well, what, you can buy it now and. You know, I was like, no, no, that's all right, because I wasn't going to have them set it up anyway, because they'd probably want to charge you a hundred something dollars for that. I was like, between me and, you know, either my brother-in-law, other people I know, I know enough handy people that I can set up a friggin' washer and dryer on my own. Yeah, it's not rocket science. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have color-coordinated hoses, 
You know, just make sure you buy the friggin' plug that goes in the right, because it's all electric, you know, there's no gas. Right. So I got to deal with that. So, so uh, that was good. Had the alarm installed yesterday in the morning, which is reassuring, you know, knowing that, especially because I'm going out of town this weekend. Yeah. Um, so would you end up going, I want to get to your out of town trip, because that's new, or at least new to me. Yeah. But, um... What would you end up going with on the alarm? Uh, end up going with this lo- a local company. Did I talk about this last week at all? You told me that you were going through uh, a whole rigmarole yeah. with like your cousin who was a a cop and a friend from high school, and it ended up being a real hassle. Yeah, it was. It sucked. I mean, I I guess I t- I got to the point where I told you about the conversation I had with him. Yeah, you yeah. were running down point by point. Are they going to yeah. have this touch screen? Are they going to have that connector? Yeah, like and like, I give a fuck as long as it works, you know? Right, right. You know, like, as if, oh, oh no, that's a better product than this. I don't fucking know. But, <laughs> uh, you know, next day he gets back to me in the afternoon, you know, like, this is the best I can do for you. And it was still like a thousand something dollars to install plus whatever. And I was just like... I was like, he sent me by email. I was like, good. I don't even have to conversation. Have to have the vocal conversation with him, you know. I'd right. Do it in email. It was all these, you know, these very uh, passive aggressive exchange of emails. <laughs> that's always the best. Yeah. Like, well, no, thanks for telling me, and that's a good. Do- that's fine. I don't blame you, but just want to let you know we have top prior proprietary technology and we provide the best service I'm like yeah fuck off you know <laughs> it, was just, it was just so veiled you know I'm like well thank you you know right. <laughs> I'm sure your proprietary technology is great but I yeah. think I'd rather go with a more out of the box scenario yeah <laughs> I was like yeah well that may be true and he's like and call me if you have problems with them it's like okay you know, right, he's already anticipating that you're going to have problems. Yeah. He's wishing problems upon you. You've just get you've just gotten the hex from yeah. the um, from the home house alarm security system guy. Yeah, well, fuck that. The last thing I'm doing <laughs> is get in touch with him if I have problems. Because <laughs> uh, you know he'd be eating that up. I'll tell you what, the the alarm is by far the biggest hassle in terms of installation. Uh, first, in terms of deciding who to go with, installation, um, uh, f- you know, functionality and execution, but it it really is peace of mind. It yeah, it makes you feel good. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, they came out there, the alarm people. Funny thing is, so that was yesterday, Tuesday. So Monday night, I was over there, and. Um, I was screwing around with the locks on the door, you know, because I had changed them over the weekend. But um, I was messing with the strike plate because it was bothering me because the screw was a little off. And I just kept not being able to get it right, you know, because it was the lock. The new lock set was slightly off a bit, you know, right from where the, everything was drilled. So in that time, the neighbor comes home uh you know, apparently it's him, his kid, and either his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And he sits out, and, um, you know, he comes walking up, and he parks on the street. You know, his wife parks in the driveway, but he parks in the street in front of the house. 
and I'm parked in the driveway, but it's like very, you know, very small lots, you know? Okay. So he's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass to have him parked there when I need to back out of the driveway. But I did it last week before I even met the guy, and it was no big deal. He's like, hey, uh, you need me to, uh, to back up or, or what, you know? I was like, no, you're fine. I, I parked, you parked there last week, and I was able to get out. It's cool. He's like, all right, and then, you know, I'm. I brought a change of clothes, but I didn't change right away. I was in, I was in jeans, like jeans and my brown shoes and a polo shirt when I wear to work all the time, you know. Right. And, and I planned on changing, but at that point I was just shirtless, you know. <laughs> and, it, and I was like, "Well, I gotta go meet the guys." So I went and introduced myself oh. to him, you know, and and uh, you know, he had a, he had a nice set of gold teeth and stuff. <laughs> Front with with a like full on Edron James front or something, you know, like the I don't know. It was a weird look. All right, all right. Um, it sounds like they were they were functional. They were practical. They meant yeah, uh, yeah. They meant I don't more know than what style. Does for a living, um, I didn't get into that because the one th- you know when you're a lawyer, you really don't want to be discussing your job. Right, right. Because right. everybody wants advice, <laughs> and they want free advice, or they want to give you cases that you don't want to deal with. Anybody. <laughs> So I didn't like, you know, oh, what do you do? And the other part is, you know, I don't want, I don't like to, to give any uh, hints to, you know, oh, oh, he's a lawyer. He must be rich or something, you know, stuff like that. Right, right. You know, just the idea. I hate that too, you know, because people, people make assumptions about you, you know, when, when they find out what your job is, even though the, they're completely wrong. Right. Um, Trust me, listen, when people find out I have no job and I live with my parents, they're making all kinds of assumptions like I don't have any money or <laughs> maybe I've got no life or, you maybe know. Maybe parents that fell apart. <laughs> crazy assumptions, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I would be less guarded if those were the assumptions they were making about me, you know. Right, right. You want to play it down. You want yeah, to play I don't it want them to think there's any reason to come into this house. Yes, yes. You know, or anything like that, you know? Because they peek in the window and they see your antique uh, dining room table with a couple Coleman uh, camping chairs around it. And all of a sudden, uh, they're thinking, man, this is it. We hit pay dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, well, you know, so it's Monday night and they're coming to put the alarm on Tuesday. On a Tuesday. I'm getting so screwed up the days of the week right now. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. wait, today's not Thursday, right? Right. It's all a whirlwind. Yep. And um, he goes down there. He, he comes back out and he's sitting just on the little, you know, right on the little stoop out front, right under the overhang. It's not really, uh, it's not really a porch, not really a stoop, just a little overhang area that he's sitting on, you know? Right. Uh, drinking his Boone's Farm wine. <laughs> uh, he starts, you know, and I'm sitting there screwing around with the strike plate forever. And um, and he just starts bitching about the Saints, you know. We start talking about that for a while and fantasy football and bullshit like that, you know. And, um, and he was sitting out there and at one point I come back out and there's another young, another dude out there. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, Matt, you uh, he's like, you, you, you need something or something like that, you know? And I thought he was, I thought 
they were ready to like friggin' start smoking pot or something, you know? Right. Because this guy shows up, I was like, no, no, I'm all set, you know. And then I and then I go back in, and I come back out, and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, that's my, you know, he introduced me to him. It was his brother. Where he's like, he's like, yeah, he went to the store for me. I just wonder if you're thirsty or something, you know? He'll go to the store for you whenever, you know. If you need something, <laughs> just let him know. I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, okay. And, and I was thinking, oh, I guess I'm a jerk to assume they were ready to, like, smoke a blunt or something, you know? <laughs> but it's not uncommon, you know? I mean, uh, so whatever. I was like, oh, I got stuff to drink anyway, because I did. And then started talking about beer for some reason. He's like, oh, I don't drink beer anymore. This is just Boone's Farm. Uh, he's like, you drink beer? I was like, yeah, a little bit. Because he was asking me what I like to do for fun. I was like, I don't know. I, I guess I drink a little bit, you know? <laughs> but I'm like, not as much as I used to. And gets around, and I drink Coors Light. He's like, no, you don't. He's like, that used to be my drink. That's what everybody knew me as, you know? <laughs> and he's kind of saying that like he had to give up Coors Light for some reason. But he's still there pounding on a bottle of Boone's Farm wine. So it's not an alcohol issue. Right, right. Maybe you he know? just gave up uh, on the establishment. He wasn't yes. going to have anything part of the, uh, part yes. of the corporate uh, framework. Yeah, like he didn't want to, you know. And then of course he's like, he's like, so you, you, this is your first night there. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm not even moved in yet. And uh, <laughs> he was very nice, and I have no reason to think any ill will. But I'm like, you know, this guy, for all we know, he could, uh, you know. As I left, you know, I'm like, I was like, driving there the next morning, I'm like, for all we know, that guy could have broken last night, not even knowing what's in there, just curious what the fuck's in there. Right. Knowing that I'm not staying there, you know? Right, right. So I got out there around 8, 15, 8, 20 in the morning, and the alarm guy came. I was like, fine. I was like, good. Now I have peace of mind knowing that if somebody tries to break in this motherfucker, you know, a, an alarm's going to sound, you know, they're, they're going to get the hell out of there. Right. It's just so much better now. Changing the locks felt good, but having an alarm feels better. Yeah, absolutely. So... And I came back, and he did not break into my place, and I have no reason <laughs> to believe he would. Uh, you know, but knowing that he didn't is just all the better. Yeah, but I mean, as we're sitting out there, you know, all the communities walking by, you know, people in the neighborhood are like, "Oh, someone's living there," and like woman, like I hear one woman, and she's like, "Oh, that's a great bachelor house," you know. <laughs> I guess at one point he's asking me, he's like, you got kids? I'm like, no, nah, I have no kids. He's like, you got to get to work, man. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, chill. He's <laughs> like, well, I met five minutes ago. Now you're telling me I need to have kids. <laughs> Don't judge me, Boone's Farm, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he was really cool, but I haven't seen him since. His car's always out there, though, but I haven't seen him. I figured I'd see him hanging out on the front stoop drinking his Boone's Farm every night because I every night but the last two nights he hasn't been out there hanging out drinking his Boone's Farm right right so I hope I didn't scare him off you know well maybe he's back on the Coors Light now all of a sudden he's giving blowjobs under the Causeway Bridge because yeah you sent him off on a wrong path yeah well <laughs> that, that's possible <laughs> damn you Coors Light Yes. So, oh, I had to get off the course light. Yes. 
Uh, was, I, I don't know. Is he offered because you hate it being affiliated with Coors Light? I don't get it. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of home ownership, I um I made my way to both of my properties uh, this week because uh, it's um it's the end of the lease for the chick who rents the condo, and then uh, I had a little couple repairs to do. Okay. Uh, at the house, the motherfuckers installed cable. So the house was wired for Verizon FiOS, which I don't know if they have that. That's that fiber opt- optic yes. stuff, right? I mean, I heard of it. I don't know if they, I don't know if I just heard of it from being there. So let me guess, they drilled a whole bunch of holes and shit all through your floor and then walls. Uh, exterior walls through asbestos uh, shingles. Now, asbestos shingles to to the um, uninitiated sounds like you know a horrible horrible um uh housing uh coverage but it's really not as long as the 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 shingle is is painted over and there's no chipping or flaking like it's totally safe there's no issue but it's it's what they used to use i don't know if they still use it anymore but um, they used to put it on outside of ships. They used to put it on the space shuttle. Like, yeah. it's hard. It's like, it might as well be steel, and that's why they used it. Um, well, that's a fireproof, right? And it's fireproof. Yeah. But the cable guy came and um, demolished at least three of these shingles. They don't, but they don't make them anymore. Yeah, you can't. I remember when I worked at the law firm in Boston because they they dealt with the litigation on the defense side. I guess they had this closet. That was just full of boxes of asbestos shingles that we came across. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, that's evidence. And it's like, you know, just close that closet and never speak of it again. You know? Right, right. Well, <laughs> the the side of the house is a mess. Besides all the wires, which were just put in like shit. They ended up breaking a couple of those shingles, and I was pissed. I literally, I, I, I was legitimately pissed, um, and called the guy out on it. I was back at the house. Uh, the tenant, the tenant. Yeah, I called him out on it. Um, Wait, and, I thought it was a girl that was. It was no, no, no. This was at the at the house. Oh, this is at the house. Yeah, is yeah, that- yeah, yeah. So okay. um, he, I guess, apparently made a few phone calls while I was gone. You know, and um, I came back this week. The cable company came out, repaired the shingles. I don't know how they did it, and um, drilled better holes to put the cable in. Now I'm kind of pissed because it there was no need for them to have cable anyway. The house was wired for FiOS. Now yeah. y- y- it's like Directv. It's a it's a competing service with the general cable provider, yeah. but it still gives you everything you want to get. But this guy was so he's so old he doesn't understand anything but cable, yeah. so he ended up um, he ended up getting cable installed. Whatever, I'll take the wires out. I got to redo the house, um, the exterior of the house anyway, so no big deal. Um, but while I'm there, I'm doing a little cleanup, uh, trimming my rose bushes back, um, bringing my lemon plant uh, in for the winter. I see the neighbor chick. And I don't know if I've ever talked about my neighbors. So the upstairs neighbors are the um, are the uh, village people. Yeah. The downstairs neighbors, a duplex, a huge old like Victorian two family house. The downstairs is a 
um, is a is like a federal police officer. He works on an air force base or a naval base not so far from Asbury. And his wife, who's from New Zealand, uh, I guess they met while he was in the navy. And she works like a couple days a week. <laughs> Do you realize what you did there? What's that? Village people. Oh, that's great. That's great. Unintentional comedy. Yes. I guess that's the only kind we get, but either way, good call. Nice catch. Nice catch. Um, so he's got a kiwi for a wife. He's got a kiwi for a wife. She's pretty awesome. She like waits tables one or two days a week, and the rest of the time just hangs out. Um, so she's a smoker, so she's always on the, her back porch, which is on the side of my house. So talk about like neighborly interactions. Anytime you step outside into my backyard, you're literally staring at her sitting mm-hmm. on her stoop. And like sometimes you just don't want to chat. You know, like you just want to kind of get on with your business. But um, since I'm gone, I always take the opportunity to chat with her when when she's there because I don't talk to her as much anymore. But she was telling me what a shit show these tenants are being. Which you already kind of knew. Which I already knew from the uh, marathon clue game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, apparently there's one problem tenant in particular and he um the the kid who was passed out i was gonna say it's got to be the guy that was passed out well apparently he's passed out in the backyard several times um he enjoys walking around the house uh naked in the all together and uh apparently he's a real whiny bitch anytime uh, he has the opportunities on his on his phone complaining to somebody about something that um, th- that has no need to be complained about. So uh, I ended up calling out the, the tenant on all that shit. And um, we're one month... he's subletting to those guys, he's, right? Exactly. He's... Um, those two other guys aren't on... The, they're, not, they're not the lessees. They're on the lease as occupants, but they are not... Um, they're not tenant. They're not uh, lessees. Yes. So we're we are just literally one month in to a twelve month lease, and on Friday I need to deliver him uh, his first warning uh, for disorderly conduct in the neighborhood. Because if he's gonna if they're gonna be doing this kind of shit, I gotta have some type of record of you know con- who, who's who. Is this an official thing? Or? Well, no. In um, at least in New Jersey, um, you know, the, the landlord's self-help is significantly limited. Um, yeah. But one of the um, one of the ways um, that you can eventually initiate a um, an eviction proceeding is for. Um, is for documented disorderly conduct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they... I've never had to deal with that, but my boss has a bunch of problems. Okay. I think they have that same type yeah. of here. So, I, I mean, I've learned a little bit from the tenant uh, in the like condo. If the are complaining, you can... Yeah, exactly, and that's what it is. Yeah. So I've gotten the complaint. You know, I'll bring it to note. I'll bring it to light. Um, you know, just kind of as, uh, as an introductory warning. Um, you know, after that... Um, you know, the neighbor, I'll instruct the neighbors to file. What the hell is he doing hanging out with these two kids? Yeah, well, he, uh, 
I got the sense that one of the actually one of the young kids is pretty pretty good. They yeah. said that um, the neighbor said they haven't heard you know peep from him, um, but the other dude is a, is a mess. So um, I got the sense that the that the old dude might be wearing thin of uh, of the shenanigans. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll give him a little yeah. warning, and then um, hopefully that shows them I mean business, and I won't have any other problems. But if not, well, then I'm on my way to uh, uh, to landlord court eventually. <laughs> Beats selling it for a loss, that's for sure. Yeah, I hear that. So, um, well, that's fun in the world of uh, you know home ownership and landlord. Uh, uh, the whole realm of real estate. This is like uh, living Sanders, this old house. Living Sanders, this depressing old house. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about you talk about going out there with the neighbor and you go in your backyard. I will say one thing I'm very grateful for at this house is that the people that renovated built like a six foot gate fence. Yeah, you know, that's, that's in the nice. Backyard because I always thought about that if I buy a place and it didn't have a fence like that in the backyard, the the uncomfortableness and awkwardness of being like, I'm going to build a big fence around here. <laughs> so I don't have to talk to you. So I don't even have to go through that process now, you know? Yeah, that's good. Hide fences make good neighbors. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to build, like, one in the front for the car, but I was like, oh, I'm going to tell this guy that, but I was like, I'm going to tell him because I have a dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's not like really much room for a dog to run around, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like any any time you do fence stuff, you know, it automatically seems like you're trying to distance yourself from the neighbors, which you are, but still. Yeah, but listen, man, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I wish everybody kind of got that. You know, like, oh no, yeah. no, this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing. No kidding, man. Everybody'd be way happier. That's the problem, though. In the backyard, like along the fence line, there's at least two spots where there are trees that grow right along the property line, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is a real pain in the ass. I mean, it's not a pain in the ass, but it could become a pain in the ass. You know? How so? Well, because they have certain rules about, uh, you know trees that that uh straddle property lines down here you know it's like all in the civil code that deals with that like if any part that's on your property you can cut it you know so like they many of fights have been over uh, gotcha. stuff like that you know right right like you can cut the overhang like well what if they say well half the trunks i'm on i'm cutting half the trunk off you know <laughs> i mean i know my <laughs> You know, my boss, he got into it, his neighbors, and they had this tree growing along the fence line, and he and he cut the fuck out of it, you know, just to be a dick. Right. You know, because they were always fighting over everything, you know. So I, I've got a buddy who has a house with a shared uh, tree line, and it actually might not even be shared. The, the trees are technically on his property, but every couple yeah. every couple months he comes home and a tree's missing. <laughs> Jeez. His neighbor just takes him out. That's crazy. 
I mean, these trees aren't going to be taken out because they're old trees, but it's it could become a bone of contention, you know? Yeah. Especially if, like, the the house, like, if you're looking at my house, the place to the right, it doesn't even appear anybody's living in there. If somebody decides to buy that place and renovate it, it could be a real problem with that tree in the backyard there. Right, right. You know, they might be like, well, we want to get this tree down because the branches are on the roof, yada, yada, yada. Hey, so, what what are you doing with your microphone? Am I touching it? <laughs> Something's going on. Bottom. No, I'm good. I'm not touching it. All right, because you're all you're all cracking, I shaking, moving a little bit. It was vibrating. Your your iPad was. Yeah, because it's on the bed. It's set up on the bed, you know. There's <laughs> a little bounce to it. So Am I good now. Yeah, you're good now. You're on your air mattress. Yes. Shirtless, I bet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Podcasting Very prone. Hot shorts right now uh, podcasting prone i imagine yep <laughs> lay it on my stomach uh, all right so um what else uh what else did you get into this weekend besides um home ownership yeah well, that was part of the problem like friday you know i think i told you i was going to this thing the forum for a oh yes the gala Homosexual Political Action Committee down here. You okay, know? all right. So I went to that thing, and, you know, you pay a decent amount of money for the ticket, so you better take advantage of the open bar. Right. Which I did. Yeah. So I I was down, you know, I was downtown. I ended up in the quarter. Uh, I don't know. I ended up in this bar. It was probably like 4.30 in the morning. I'm sitting there. Telling this, giving this guy legal advice, you know, it was because <laughs> he had just moved. From, he was from elsewhere, but he, I think, his wife might, his ex-wife now, I guess, was from Louisiana or something. They were living in Baton Rouge, and then they got divorced, and now he's living in New Orleans. He's like a restaurant or bar manager or some bullshit, and he was really fucking annoying. I just happened to be sitting next to him. You know, and then he's just talking to me, and he's telling me about his... Div- he was, like, you know, fecklessly hitting on these uh, Austrian girls next to him. I was just like, dude. And the only reason I was sitting there is because I was... I did not feel like getting up and having to go take the cab yet, you know? Right, right. I, it's just a pain in the ass. Well, then, like, those girls finally leave, and it's like four-something in the morning, and he starts turns to me he's telling me about what his wife wants to do and how she wants to collect alimony i'm like i was like she can't do that that's all threats that that shit doesn't exist here i was like does she have a job he's like yeah i was like does she make as much money here he's like she makes like more money to me i'm like y'all have kids he's like no i'm like i was like dude it's all bullshit you know i end up giving him one of my cards i'm like i was like i don't really do this even though I have done stuff like that, I just don't want to deal with it, you know? Right, right, right. Like, you got questions, asked me. I was like, I was like, I just wouldn't stress yourself out about it. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about, and she's just threatening you. You know, and I'm like, I was like, all right, I'm sick of this. I can't even get away from this <laughs> at a bar, drunk off my ass at 4.30 in the morning. I have to be giving out legal advice. <laughs> it all goes back to why I didn't want to tell the neighbor what I do. Right, you know? right, right. Every time you tell somebody you're a lawyer automatically they have a legal issue yeah absolutely everybody's got to and they act as if like we can solve everything you know just like you know like you're not gonna go because you you're 
limping, your foot sore, you're not going to go see a proctologist, yet they think they can ask a lawyer about everything. Right, right. You know, it's not how it works. You know, it's like a lot of stuff you just never even look at. So uh, I ended up getting home from that place around 5, and I had to go get the table, the antique table that morning. And I had other stuff to do, like chores around the house, you know, installing doorstops, all these little, uh, putting, uh, recalking the bathtub, all this bullshit, you know? And I'm like, it was about 9.15 or something, or 8, yeah, it was like 9.15, I woke up and I was, I'd only been sleeping for like three hours at this point, probably three and a half hours. Oh, that's the worst. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I have to get up. You know, because I knew I had to do shit. Yeah. And um, a buddy of mine, originally I thought I was going to be able to pick that table up on Thursday or Friday. So I thought I was just going to be screwing around with the little, the little knick-knack home improvement projects, you know. And um, he had talked to me earlier about going to see that, that James Gandolfini movie, The Drop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. You did see it? Well, I didn't see the movie. I saw the, uh, okay. the previews okay. for it. So he's like, 140. I was like, good. It'll be a nice break in the middle of the day. But of course, that was before I knew I was going to be out till 5 in the morning. Yeah, Before I knew all this stuff was going to happen, you know? <laughs> right, right. Uh, it was before I knew I was going to have to be running around waiting uh, for somebody to come help me move this table. Before all that shit was gone down. And, um, but we get... The movie was like 140. I was like, as long as I'm out here by 115, I can get to the theater in time, you know, whatever. Well, we get the table moved, and uh, my brother-in-law leaves, you know. And it's me there, and I'd already planned on changing the locks, you know, because, like we talked about, you want to change the locks. So I was like, oh, I could probably do this real quick. You know, it's 12-something. Well, taking the locks out, you know, that takes two minutes. Yes, yes. Putting the locks in, you know, I'm like, motherfucker, like, because it's trying to line up the holes, you know, and you're the only person there, you know, like, no one's there to help you, and you got to stabilize each side, and you can't see the inside where the screw is supposed to go, you know, it's a real pain in the ass, and, you know, everything's harder to do on your own with shit like that, finally I looked, I was like, I had to text because I'm like I can't leave without locks in the door. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. It's like, it's not like you just go put the old ones on because you have the same problems. So eventually I just text him like, dude, I can't go. And then later on I text, I was like, be honest, I was like, I hope the movie's good, but I would have just fallen asleep in there anyway. <laughs> and I, I was miserable. Yeah, there's a couple couple rules of thumb uh, as a do-it-yourself homeowner. However long it takes you to undo something. Figure about, it's going to take you about four times that amount of time to redo it. Yeah. That's a good little rule of thumb. The other one is, uh, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do that same task hungover, double that. Yeah, no kidding. That was the issue. Your brain moves very slow. Yeah. And And, you're um, you're sweating. Yeah. So I just did the front door. Yeah, it was miserable. I was sweating. It was nasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just did the front door, and um, the back I didn't do because it's got a security gate on it anyway, you know? So I was like, no one's coming in through a back door. I'll do it the next day. So Sunday, 
I had I went to the store to buy, you know, I went first to like the big lots or whatever, buy all the type of bullshit you need, you know. Waste baskets, garbage bags, all that bullshit, you know. Brooms, all the random shit that you don't even think about when you're figuring out how much it's gonna cost to get into your house, you know? Right. Random stuff that ends up costing a hundred bucks and you still need more of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh but uh, I was on my way back, and then uh, you know I stopped to buy the Home Depot again because I needed to change out some. I need to change out the friggin' uh, door stops because some of the some of the hinges in the house were brass and some were nickel. And I bought all brass because I assumed they were all brass after looking at a couple. All this type of annoying bullshit. Uh, and my niece give calls me and she needs somebody to pick her up from the zoo because she was getting out early and normal because it was raining. So I was like, all right, but you're going to have to come to the house with me. So I picked her up and shit moved a hell of a lot faster having somebody else there holding that other knob. Right. You know, when I could, when I could have them, I could have her just sit there and hold it and, and I can put the screws in, you know, I know exactly where it's gone. You know, I don't have to sit here and like, you know, try to balance it and pull out the screwdriver and do this whole you know this whole routine, so it definitely moved a lot better. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good team player. Road trips, um, you know, cookouts, things like that. Yeah. Like I can find the, you know, the high water mark and just kind of settle into to the role I need to to settle into. But when it yeah. comes to home projects, I like to go lone wolf. Oh, me too. But it was convenient. But listen, to have, and but that's perfect. Like. Yeah. A teenage niece, she doesn't yeah. know anything about door jams or, you know, installing. Well, yeah, there who's not going to be critical of what you're doing. Right. Yes. Right, that's that, perfect. I feel the way you feel because I'm not super handy. But so I, you don't need somebody sitting here and giving you, you know, if you're going to sit there and give me tips, just do it. But I can figure almost any anything out if I'm given enough time yeah. and patience and I'll get it done. But, yep. like, if somebody knows how to do something handy, they are the first ones to tell you that they know how to do something handy. And yeah. that you don't know how to do something handy. Yeah. See, when I, um, well, back to my niece being there, it was like, we were there, and she's, she, I could tell she was getting bored, and she was tired. And, you know, it was like 3.40, and she doesn't get out of the zoo to 45 minutes, until 4.15. I was like... I was like, Sloan, I was like, think about it. Right now, you're still at the zoo. You know? <laughs> you might be bored here helping me, but but in, a, in the alternative universe, you're bored at the zoo right now. <laughs> uh, uh, you're sitting around there doing nothing right now because it's raining. But um, when her father came and, um, you know, when he helped me move the table in there, he was looking around all the shit, you know, that, that could be fixed. Because there was things I was like, look, I don't like the way they did this. Like, they did some real kind of, like, cutting corners and bullshit stuff, you know? What are the floors? What the kind floors of floors are hardwood. Like original hardwood, old school? Yeah, I think they were hardwood in there already, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's like a 60-plus-year-old place, you know? Right. So uh, the floors are the floors are good. Problem is, like, the thresholds between, like, in the bedroom doors, they're all done. You know, that's just, 
you know, like it, that's not hardwood floors. That's just pieces they bought the threshold, you know, mm-hmm. and they did it kind of shitty, you know, instead of like putting the threshold and cutting the thing around the threshold, they just chopped the threshold off at the ends and shoved it in there and there's gaps in between. You know, and he's like, he's looking at, he's like, oh, we can easily fix this, you know, uh, and and he loves to do stuff like that because it keeps him occupied. So, he's gonna build the fence for me and everything on the outside. He's he's good at that. I think he likes being occupied with stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. So, like at their house, he's always doing. You know, if he's there during the day, he's always doing some kind of bullshit project. Which really blows me away because I'm like, there's got to be some point where the house is just done. (laughs) But, you know, they got those guys who are like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're always working on their place for some reason. Right, right. You know, but I'm like, fine, man. You want to come over here and help me do all this? I'm more than happy. He's got the tools. He's got the saws and shit. It's all shit I don't have, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that stuff is expensive to accumulate. Yeah, and you're not going to do it just for, like, three thresholds or something. You're not going to go buy yourself, like, a jigsaw or something. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Funny. Yeah, so so that, so that was all miserable on Saturday, and Sunday was whatever, but um, I what, don't know. What'd you do for the Syracuse game? I just sat at home, came back home, and I just watched it here. Like, uh... The guy that I was supposed to go see the movie with, he's a big LSU guy. That's his, uh, he, he texted me. He's like, oh, having people over at LSU game tonight. I was like, for the game tonight. He just said the game. I was like, oh, the Syracuse ND game, huh? That's pretty <laughs> cool here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, you. that's at the same time you want to watch that. Uh, uh, sorry, man. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So I sat here and watched it on my, you know, by myself, you know, frantic, getting pissed off, you know, doing whatever, exchanging email, group email, group text messages with Mike Reardon, BP guy, etc. A number that was unrecognizable to me. <laughs> um, I have no clue who that was. Right. Right. But, uh, I even, when the fir- when I got the first text message, which was from Mike. I looked at it to make sure that you weren't on the list because of your admonition that you didn't want to hear anything. Yes. So I was like, I was like, better check check to see if Sanders is on this group mess group text, and you weren't, fortunately. Well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to feel about that now. Yeah, well, of well, course, I'm glad that I wasn't because my goal was to avoid all contact. Um, but at the same token, like, what did he leave me out for? Maybe he knew you were at Stillmania. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, well, who's the who's the mystery number? The number who who I don't have saved in my phone. I don't you know. know. What's my th- question. That guy responded a couple of times. Still have no clue who he is. What's the area Not email? Which gives you a, gives it away. What's the area code? Oh, well, now you're asking me to do work. <laughs> might, you know the problem is I might not even have it because it's to. Download the update to my iPhone. I had to delete a bunch of shit the other day. Okay. And text messages were in that group, and that was definitely one of the text messages I deleted. Oh well, the world will never know. Oh, this is the kind of this is exactly the kind of thing I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, all if right. By some chance it's still on. no, because I don't think it was 
iMessages. Yeah. All right. Um, wait, hold on a second. I'm going to leave this running. I got to go. Uh, I got to take a piss. I'll be right back. Yes. Everybody always loves that. All right. I'm back. Sweet. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to mark this down to see if I remember to edit it out. But if I don't, well, it was a quick piss anyway. You'll get a run of you pissing. You'll hear me yawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what were we talking about? Your text messages? Yeah, about the game on Saturday and the text messages I didn't recognize. Let me see if it's on here for some reason. Yeah, you got to find that for me. <laughs> so eager. Because I need to know who was on it. Who took my place? Oh, I bet it's Traboo. Maybe it is, which would be odd because occasionally I tweet at Traboo. Yeah, it wasn't a, um, it definitely didn't involve all iPhone users. Let's see. Yeah, because I'm kind of, I got the individual messages between uh, Reardo and me, but no other messages. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's Traboo. That, that'll yeah. make me feel good if it's Traboo. Yeah, it was Traboo. When you think about it, that's who it was. All right, very good. Um, oh, well, I spent, as you mentioned, I spent my Saturday evening at uh, at Liz Stillman's uh, birthday gala. So, um, No, Liz Stillman's all-star birthday celebration <laughs> gala, right? That's right. Yes. That's right. I, um, I, I wasn't... You know how sometimes you get invited to shit like that and you're like, I just, I don't want to go. I don't care where it is, when it is, how it yeah. is. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was looking forward to it. You know, I haven't seen her in a while. Um, her family was going to be there, who I'm pretty and close I with. I remember you thought the crowd would be significantly different this time around. Like people had fallen by the wayside since in the last five years. Yeah. And, and even at the last one, it was, it, it was very sparse on people that I didn't want to see. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you go to these mixed uh, company crowds and you're like, uh, I hate her, you know, fill yeah. in the blank crew. Yep. Now, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a friend of ours, this girl from law school always sends us stuff BCC. And I'm like, she does that because she doesn't want us to know who else She's inviting the shit, but all it really does is deter me from going to any shit she invites me to. Right, right. Because I, because I'm completely annoyed by a lot of the people that she hangs out with, and she knows, you know, I am and other people are. But, but for some reason, she likes sucky people. There, there were a couple downsides. One, I haven't been particularly festive. Lately, yeah. um, so heading into the city for you know some type of uh, some type of party isn't high on my list. I'm so not, where was the party yet? It, it was West in City? it was in the city. It was New York West City, West Side, um, West Side, Hell's Kitchen ish area, which is a pretty populated, busy. You know, oh, you know where it was? It was right across the street from um, Carnegie Hall. Oh, okay. So, so good part of I New York. Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Take a left. 
Uh, not practice. <laughs> I, I really uh, thought you were gonna knock that one down. I, I knew there was a joke there. I just didn't know what the joke was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it makes our, more sense that the joke is practice. Your, That's all right. Your background. Um, you know, and I'm not. I'm not flush with New York City money. Yeah. You know, like it's an expensive night out. You know, yeah, you, like you, seven dollar Coors Lights. Right. You're dropping at least two hundred dollars round trip into the city between tolls, taxis, um, bar tabs, late night pizza, whatever it is. And I don't have a designated driver. Uh, if I'm driving myself in, I'm driving myself home. So yeah, um, that's that's, that's the downside. The upside is, and this is why it's worth it for Liz. In addition to just being Liz, you know, she's a pretty good friend. She's a pretty cool chick. Yeah, um, she's she's worth heading into the city for. But she comes with a lot of upside. First and probably most importantly is nobody reminds you how cool you used to be like Liz Stillman reminds you how cool you used to be <laughs> you know like she will forever un uh what's it called when you don't unsolicited yes she in a conversation she will bring up something that you did 20 years ago that was mildly entertaining at the time and craft it into why you are a genius. <laughs> and she paints a picture of you that your own mother couldn't paint. Yeah. Like, she talks you up a pretty good game. So I get there, first thing. I haven't seen her in a long time. Maybe six months. Maybe almost a year. Probably last time I went in to have some like breakfast with her or something. Right when shit started to go down, go sour. Um, yeah. You know, I went in... You know, bent her ear and, and got a free breakfast out of the deal. Nice. So um, I see her. I walk in. It's uh, it's like a little private room. You know, most restaurants have some type of party room. Yeah. You know, like a back room at a steakhouse or or whatever. So this is same deal. She rented out a little room for about thirty people, um, cocktail hour with past hors d'oeuvres, and then a sit down dinner. So I walk in. She's standing right at the door, kind of not greeting people, but like that's where she's positioned herself. She jumps out of whatever conversation she was in, comes over, gives me a big hug, introduces me around. So she's like, she's like you got to meet this person. I've been, you know, I've talked about you forever. They've never met you, blah, blah, blah. So that's always a good feeling. But in addition to that, her parents are the nicest people in the world. Um, her dad is a, is, a, is a retired attorney. Who, while she was in college, had a heart attack from like stress. And he retired, gave up his law practice, and you know, just started living the good life. And now, you know, he's a he's a sixty something, maybe maybe seventy, um, you know, tan, white haired, yeah, happy man. And he's he's a great guy. He's on the advisory board of um, of the company I started a couple years ago. And gives us advice and like talks, you know, talks about strategy and stuff. And he's just super guy. So I got to sit at the head table this year at this birthday party. Last birthday nice. party, I got Guest put. Of honor. I got put in the back by the by the kitchen at the thirty fifth one. At the thirty fifth one, yeah, I was, I was, I was. Angie and I got stuck in the back by the kitchen. I think because um, it was maybe limited 
seating at the head table or whatnot. But this year I made it up to the big time and I sat next to her dad. Her dad's funny. He had a couple drinks and, you know, was giving me, you know, worldly fatherly advice on, you know, career, um, marriage, money, you name it. You name it. And and, uh, we had a nice dinner. Had one or two drinks, saw one or two people that I hadn't um, that I hadn't seen in a while, and was pleased to see. And that was it. I was out of the city by ten thirty. I thought I was actually going to make it home in time to, um, you know, just maybe see the end of the game. But uh, I got caught in some construction yeah. traffic. Sat yeah, on. I was surprised when I see that text message that you were on your way home already. Yeah, the game was probably still going on, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why I was shocked. I was like, man, he's, that's a early night. Yeah, well, the, the the upside was that Liz had a couple drinks in her, so, like, she wasn't going to miss me. Yeah. You know, yeah, she yeah. was on to, she she was up. You could make your escape. Yeah, and, and, and in all fairness, the I waited till the party was over and, and, and made my way out in a respectable fashion. No Irish exit or anything yeah. like that. Um, so I get home. It took me forever to get home. I didn't get home to like 1230. Um, I settle in. Everybody's kind of gone to bed. And I luckily, I had set up the DVR before I left and uh, started to watch the game and ended up falling asleep for a few minutes, waking up, falling asleep. Essentially, I got through the first half um, before I called it quits. And I was psyched because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to watch the second half. And that is going to be awesome football. It's going to be a great way to start a Sunday. And I got up the next morning. Silly, silly you. Oh, man, was I disappointed. The only thing that saved me was since I don't have cable, I don't know how to work a DVR, and I cut off the last four minutes of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Was that game like five hours or what? Uh, all those games are man it's ridiculous oh my it was the it was brutal all these especially if they're televised on a on a major network <coughs> they take a hell of a lot longer yeah that game was brutal anyway there was penalties turnovers it was it was a pain to watch yeah yes. i can imagine i can imagine it was hard enough to do while i was fast forwarding through commercials now, you see the last 15 seconds of the first half um, I did, but it was like two thirty in the morning. Yeah. So what? Tell me what happened. Well, you know Notre Dame's driving and they're trying to spike the ball. Yes, he fumbled. Yes, which just proves to you that the referees aren't even watching what they're supposed to be watching. You know, because it was clear that he never did grab it and throw it down. <laughs> Clearly a fumble. Yes, and they and instead of getting seven easy points out of that, what do we get? We get to be able to kneel down with six seconds left. Right. Pretty yeah. Ridiculous. You know, they're not what they used to be, but the biggest complaint, you know, especially people like my dad and everybody, is Notre Dame gets the calls. And you know what? Notre Dame does get the fucking calls. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. They called, they called interference on us every time they could. You know, and yes, they were warranted. But then there was a play... Where our guy was literally pushed out of bounds, and even Kirk Herbstreit was like, well, how's that not interference? Right. You know, it's like, for some reason, they don't see it when it happens the other way. <laughs> you know, we got to get Protestants to referee mm. the games when we play Notre Dame or something. Uh, that's true. That's it's, true. Not that it would have saved us, but come on, man. 
<laughs> I mean, we had the, we, both fumbles by the quarterback. We needed to get them to review to have them ruled as fumbles. How fucking ridiculous is that? Right. And both were clear fumbles. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. Like, what are these guys watching? We certainly didn't help ourselves. No, but we, the refs we didn't do anything with the ball anyway. But the refs didn't. Uh, yeah, didn't help us at all. I mean, yeah, it's not like that Tennessee game back in '98 where we got called for interference on a fourth down play that would have won the game for us, and the referees called. Uh, we also got penalized in that game for a guy wearing his pants too high above the <laughs> knees. <laughs> you know, and that was a game where the referee had made a big difference. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not like that, but it's still enough to piss me off because it could have kept it close for a while. Yeah, yeah. The second half it was it was a tale of two two tale of two halves. I mean, we didn't look awesome in the first half, but I thought we were respectable. It, you know, it was enjoyable. You know, even though I was falling asleep a little bit, um, but the second half was just I couldn't stand it. But yeah, I mean, the problem is, you know, we don't have that much depth. And we don't have that many great skill players. And we had a, you know, Ashton Broiled wasn't playing. We had a few guys that were out, you know. Yeah. And so we're kind of screwed if that's the case. I mean, it just needs to. And Terrell Hunt, you know, he just, I don't know. He's he's a senior. That's all I'll say. Right. You right. know, it's apparently this kid that, I guess he's a freshman, A.J. Long. He's supposed to be the real deal. So we'll see. But what um, what I saw a tweet um, coming through from um, from Noon's magician the 2016 game. Yeah, I read about that today. Is the the last that's they don't have games. Nothing's planned beyond 2016. What um, who do we play? Is that Another Notre Dame game? It might be. I think it is. Yeah, I believe it is. And, I mean, hell, like, um, I don't know, the News Magician article, whoever wrote that for him, was saying, you know, yes, it could have been from uh, MetLife themselves because outside of the Notre Dame game, you know, uh, 39K went to USC game and then what was a Penn State game was probably like 50 or something that they want more people but also the other side is maybe we did because you know they're pissing off a lot of their fan base with those games and they're not selling out the games at the Carrier Dome you know a lot of that has to do with I think a lot of fans just aren't buying them because they're like fuck you you're taking the big games down to New York every year well if they would have absolute mutiny on their hands and rightfully so if they took a um if they took one of those big ticket ACC games out which they'd be stupid to do so you you, you're not going to get a home field advantage uh many times against uh, a Florida State or or a Clemson or at least a home field advantage that matters but I think the dome is one of those places that that could yield a realistic home field advantage at some point you know, over yeah. the next couple of years, it's a, it's it's hot in there. You know, it's loud in there, and for a big ticket opponent, people will pack that place. Yeah, um, if they I start mean, pulling those games out of there, that's but who, 
but they scheduled that LSU game to be played at the Dome. So is the question, the question is, which we may never know, was the LSU game scheduled to be in the Dome a response to the fans being pissed off, or was there a response to the MetLife saying, well, don't even bother bringing that game here because we don't want to do this whole big production for 40,000 people in the stands. Yeah. You know, I'd like to think it's because they want to satisfy the fans back home because it's stupid to go play in these big old games in MetLife and then go back home and play in front of 30,000 people, decent teams. Right. You know, you got to give people a reason to come out. You got to give people a reason to be season ticket holders. And sometimes the reason to be a season ticket holder, you know, might be to be able to see Notre Dame, LSU, or Penn State, you know? Yeah, and and you can't shoehorn them into those bogus three game packages all the time. You gotta yeah. you gotta legitimately reward them. Yep, yep. Yeah, that whole thing where you had to buy a Villanova ticket if you wanted to go see Florida State. Right, right. Yeah. Give them a good schedule, sell a season ticket package, and reward the fans with great matchups and good play. Yeah, I mean when we were when we were there. You know, I mean, I don't think technically it was ever sold out, but it was always 40,000 plus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the landscape of college football obviously has changed in, you know, in the 20 or 15 or 20 years, um, you know, since we were there. But some things remain the same. Like, you got to reward your fan base. You got to reward your campus. And you got to reward, especially at a school like Syracuse, the local contingent. Yeah. Because, listen, they buy tickets and they support the team. And um, there was a lot of years between 1996 and 2010 or 2012 where alumni weren't ponying up to support the football team. Yeah. I mean, nothing for nothing. Uh, you know, they need to, the, to wrap their mind around the reality. Syracuse is in central New York. It's it's uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's near New York City, but it's but in terms of regions, it's nowhere near New York City. No, 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 no. You know, and you know what? Games, Syracuse events in New York do well when it's the basketball team. You know why? Because it only takes it only takes five thousand alumni. To to make a raucous showing at a basketball game, yeah, you know, or you know, and sometimes you know, if they play a game at Square Garden, there might be ten thousand there. I don't know what it is, but it's ridiculous, you know. Yep. But but that doesn't have you can have ten thousand alumni at the game at MetLife, but that's only one eighth of the stadium. You know, it's the problem with the whole theory is is the basketball snapshot is organic. Yeah. Because they're coming into town to play a hometown team. So there's a little something extra that goes into getting those tickets. Uh, supply is a lot less than the demand for those tickets. Yeah. Because a local home team controls the the ticket base. So um, it means something to get into that St. John's game. Yeah. You have to know yeah. somebody. You know, you Liz Stillman, right? You got to call Liz Stillman and get Michael Bloomberg's tickets and make yeah. sure that that you get on her good side, so she takes you. You know, and uh, if it's not the hometown team, if it's one of those 
festival games or one of those coaches versus cancer tournaments that they're playing in. Well, they're also bringing Duke. They're also bringing North Carolina. And they're yeah. also bringing Michigan State in yeah. to play in the same, uh, the you know the the same session. So yeah. it's always it's always a lot grander than it seems, or it always seems a lot grander than it actually is. But it works because of the sport of the location and of the combination of factors. You can't just take the Syracuse football team, put them in the New York metro area, and say, okay, well, we have a pretty good alumni base in this area, and we're from New York, so this makes sense. Let's- no, you're, you might have been able to do that 15 years ago when we were, you know, 15, 17, whatever years ago when we were in school. Yeah, no. Like you're when right. we had a good team and McNabb and there was a buzz around the program. But right now we're just mediocre. You know, like until we get up to par again, up to that, you know, level where maybe we can we can go in these games not not thinking it's going to be a foregone conclusion that we're going to lose like it's been the last three times against USC, Penn State, now Notre Dame, it might you know, get some more people to come out out of curiosity, you know? Yeah. But it does no good to to, to just have our mediocre football pro- program playing big names in a, in a half-empty stadium. Or if it's a full stadium, it's uh, 70, it's 70, 30 Notre Dame fans, you know? Right. Uh, well, uh Maybe you saw I tweeted today a uh, YouTube video of a fight that was in the stands up there. Uh, uh, you got a chance to look at that. I no, don't know say I, about that. Just some uh, apparently it was posted to Deadspin the other day, but I only came across it this morning on Deadspin because um, I think it was posted either yesterday during the day or whatever. It's just uh, just stupid antics. Uh, up in the upper reaches of um, of MetLife, I keep wanting to call it Giant Stadium. <laughs> uh, my brother Jeremy refuses to sit in the upper deck of any stadium for this exact reason. Uh, alcohol sales are uh, more abundant, and um, uh, baboonery, yeah, is certainly prevalent. Well, it's also where it's also doesn't help because that's usually where the visiting fans are placed too. You know, right. So what? Uh, what's the what's the story? Is this because these look like all Notre Dame fans? Well, you def- there's a guy in a Carmelo Anthony jersey that's throwing some swings. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. Okay, all right. So I, I have a hard time figuring out, like, because I can't directly see the guy that gets knocked on his ass and who goes dark colored shirt. He goes know, tumbling so. down the. Uh, yeah. So I'm not really sure what his story is. I'm not really sure what the story is at all because I was li- I was looking at it at work and I didn't have volume, <laughs> you know. So and I I haven't had a chance to, but I don't think it's going to give me anything more than oh no, bra, you know, whatever the typical stuff you see. Um, moving on to that, another you know which I tweeted out the other day. Uh, another big story was. Uh, taking place in Syracuse this week. Uh, they opened a new wing, a new house, and it had uh, uh, the queen herself, Oprah Winfrey, was the guest of honor. 
Yeah, okay, I saw that. What's the story? She donated money for that wing. I know about the wing. Is it the Oprah Winfrey? I don't even think it's the Oprah Winfrey wing, you know? Like, I think uh, I think they just had her there. She gave a speech. Uh, what I did read, and I think, I, I think it was tweeted out through the site last week, uh, was a controversy over how they distributed the tickets to see her. She was speaking in Goldstein. Okay. And um, first come, first serve was the uh, were Newhouse students. So apparently the way the ticket stuff was going to work was any leftover tickets after the Newhouse students got their tickets through the lottery would then be offered to the general student population. The controversy was that automatically they put every new house student into the lottery. So people that aren't even interested in seeing Oprah have a chance to win the tickets. Whereas people that are really interested in seeing Oprah might not get any. So the DO's editorial was like, well, that was kind of foolish. They should have had the people that really wanted to see Oprah get the tickets. That way they can guarantee that everybody wants it. You're not going to have these bitter people on the outside Meanwhile, some opportunistic guy who did get the tickets can now go mark them up and give them to somebody or whatever, you know? Right, right. So, so obviously, I mean, I don't know why they did that. It's not like they. It's not like it's hard to build demand for Oprah. You know, maybe people won't enter their name in a lotto if we don't make them all enter their names. You know? Right, right. It's fucking Oprah. But I'll say this much, and people. One person in particular, like Bonita, she knew I was critical of Oprah, but I say she totally redeemed herself, you know? She she got up there and she talked about how great SU was and everything, so Oprah, you're on, you're on the good side of my legend for now on. A two-sorry-excuses all-star, Oprah Winfrey. Yep, she gets the endorsement, but she does not get a higher endorsement than a one Ivan Smason. Okay, I just clicked on that. I just yes, read that. that letter to the editor. You can even take some of those choice words out and and read them to the uh, listening audience. So, from a letter to the editor from the Daily Orange, alumnus response. It's the greatest letter ever, by the way. Alumnus response to SU's number one party school ranking. I can't think of another prestigious academic institution that's con- oh hold on I'm not doing this justice. I want to uh, do a little, little more regal flair. Yes. I can't think. Especially all his titles. True, true, true. I can't think of another prestigious academic institution that's routinely criticized as much as our envied alma mater. Historically, much of the criticism has come from the defensive Ivy Leaguers who've taken exception to the old time-tested saying, Syracuse (laughs) University is almost Ivy League. Have you ever heard that saying? No, but I do remember hearing... Like, I remember being a freshman and hearing these, like, urban legends. Oh, well, you know, they were supposed to add us to the Ivy League, but we didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to downgrade the sports. <laughs> and I'd be like, seriously, I wouldn't have got in the Ivy League. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Um, of course, our school would have been included among the Ivies had Ezra Cornell built his school on our hill. But all other things being equal... I prefer the name Syracuse to Cornell anyway. <laughs> yes, because Cornell, Syracuse would have been Cornell. Otherwise. Right. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> uh, 
Now, we're informed in 2014 that Syracuse has been labeled the nation's number one party school. After all the other insults, though, the only surprise about this one is that it took so long to appear. But the facts remain in our favor. Students at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and Dartmouth revel as much, if not more, than those at Syracuse. And the accomplishments of Syracuse alumni continually rival the very best of the Ivy League. As another saying goes, rich kids go to the Ivy League, smart kids go to Syracuse. (laughs) Sincerely, Ivan Smason, Ph.D., J.D., B.S., College of Arts and Sciences, 1985. Dude, I think that's <laughs> the motto of two sorry excuses. Rich kids go to the Ivy League, smart kids go to Syracuse. Oh, that's great. I think, that's great. I think uh, Ivan Smason needs to be declared the first, the inaugural two sorry excuses orange hero of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Best, best damn letter ever, man. And to you, Mr. Smason, we yeah. say congratulations. And I did. I I ran his name briefly in Google. In Google, I looked over results real briefly, and one of the top results was some research, some paper published by Ivan Smason about uh, the uh, immorality of marijuana prohibition laws or something. So. <laughs> Maybe that enlightens us a bit in his mindset with the whole idea that Syracuse would be Cornell if Cornell would have built his university on that hill. That's brilliant. He lived this alternative universe <laughs> where Cornell is Syracuse is really Cornell and vice versa. <laughs> uh, oh man, but. But like he says, rich kids go to the Ivy League, smart kids go to Syracuse. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to have to find a picture of him. Uh... Yeah, I I always got to watch myself because usually I'm doing this stuff at work. And I, I was like, well, I can't sit here and do this type of shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, all right. Well, um I think we've put in a good clip tonight. I think so, too. I think so, too. I got a couple other things that aren't time-sensitive that I'm holding over. Um, We can get to those in due time. Due time. All right, brother. I'll have a bed by next week. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Well, then, on that note, with apologies to Kirk's brother. Good night, Fredo. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.